Hey, are you looking to buy a new car? Are you stuck in a high-rate loan and looking to refinance? Well, UK Federal Credit Union can help. Right now, UK Federal Credit Union has auto loan rates as low as 2.99% APR. Apply for an auto loan online at UKFCU.org or in person at the dealership. Get your dream car today at UK Federal Credit Union. UK Federal Credit Union. It's banking only better. Annual percentage rate, member qualification supply, rate of subject credit approval, subject change. For full disclosure, visit UKFCU.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome into episode 95 of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the Growing KSR Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio, and today I'm happy to be joined once again by Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. First off, Sean, how the heck are you? Doing well, Jack. It's a, it's a really beautiful day in the state of Kentucky. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. I got to be honest, we'll kind of reveal a little bit to our listeners that uh, we got a little, uh, you know, you specifically got a little heads up on something that was potentially in the works for Friday at some point, and we may or may not have recorded a uh, a preview episode for that uh, thing that was supposedly inevitably going to happen on Friday. And then uh, the world decided to kind of get turned upside down in the afternoon, kind of right when we thought that news was going to break. This other completely random, different, uh, other tidbit of news decides to break as Kentucky's only point guard commit in the class of 2021, the only point guard that was signed on to be on the roster for next season, Nolan Hickman Jr. decommits from Kentucky. uh, And Sean, the reaction that we both had when that news broke was about as priceless as you could possibly come up with. So before we get into the nitty gritty and the specifics and how it all unfolded, (laughs) what was your initial reaction when you got that text message? (laughs) Well, I wish I could give you the setting, but I'll I'll keep that to myself, (laughs) but that made it even more, that even made it even more hilarious. Actually, I was at a doctor's visit. I'll just go ahead and tell you that. I was, I had an appointment yesterday and I'm literally sitting there talking to this doctor and I have my Apple watch on and you text me. And first thing I'm thinking is what in the hell are you, what in the hell is this? (laughs) And I just remember telling my doctor, Hey, can we, uh, you know, move this thing along? This is, I've got to work. So no, I didn't see that coming at all, Jack, honestly. Uh, We're talking about Kentucky basketball on the first day of May not having a single point guard on its roster. What John Calipari has been known for in his time in Lexington, point guard play, and they don't have a point guard, and there's one left in the class, and if they don't get that one, is it possible Kentucky has a freshman class coming to Lexington that won't have a point guard in it? I mean, it kind of feels like we're trending that way. I mean, you look at the – landscape of things and Ty Ty Washington is the only guy that's even kind of flirting with Kentucky as a legitimate possibility I mean you look at the class of 2022 Sky Clark 
Uh, I put on Twitter before Joel Justice even took the Arizona State job that that was a situation to watch very closely. If Joel left, that uh, that that Sky Clark very well may not end up at Kentucky at the end of the day, and I still stand by that. I know he's he said the right things, and his dad has come out, and you know I have a good relationship with his father. And, uh, you know, they publicly they've said a lot of good things, but I continued. I, I am now at the point where uh, I have to see it to believe it for him to end up at Kentucky just, just because of their – how close they were, both Sky with, with Joel and, and, and Joel with, with Sky's parents and just the, their whole family. That was, that was three years of relationship that they've built up over, you know, since, since Sky was first in, in high school and, and – those type of bonds, you know, don't just go away. And I think that's something that, that fans need to keep a very close eye on based on the conversations that I've had both uh, with Sky's camp and, you know, kind of people around it, that that's kind of something that is on the radar. So the kind of operating assumption that you always had Sky in your back pocket to reclass up to 2021, I don't necessarily think that is uh, as much of a home run as, as people might assume it is. And, uh, you know, I, to be totally frank, do you want another reclassified point guard after the Devin Askew experience this past season? And, you know, Ashen Hagen just a couple years prior. And, you know, it's just something that I don't think Calipari is in a huge rush to do. So even a guy like Jaden Bradley, who looks fantastic lately and has a ton of interest in Kentucky, again, a Joel Justice recruit, uh, you know, I don't think that's something that that Calipari is in a huge rush to do. So I think the only option that they do have at this point is to look at the transfer portal. And, and we're, we're going to kind of use this show and discuss kind of those options well, and what comes next afterward. But we really got to get into the nitty gritty of, of how this decision came about and, and, you know, kind of just how it, how there were, you know, a few small little rumblings over the last week or, or two that, that this could be something to keep a close eye on, but I don't know if there was ever a moment that I thought that so small that I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Like so so small. I didn't hear about it. (laughs) So I I had heard a little, I mean, just a little small, I mean, just a, a faint, Hey, might want to keep a close eye on Tony Barbie's relationship with Nolan, you know, maybe that, that, stir something up and it was kind of a it came from somebody that I'm you know don't usually go to with with stuff so I kind of just brushed it off and and didn't really think much of it Uh, and then just it kind of just came out of the blue I got a a notification on Twitter that uh, um, from that recruit news a guy that you know a a reputable guy that I've talked to several times in the past you know he's, he's a good dude but definitely something that when I saw it, I was like, yeah, I got to double check that. I, w- I want to confirm that before people kind of start running with that. So I text his dad and I say, uh, decommitting from Kentucky question mark. And he says, unfortunately, yes. Um, you know, really appreciate the, the, how you've told our story over the last year or so, you know, we'll look forward to talking to you and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, Whoa, like that was, that moved really fast so I, I gave him a call and uh, he was actually in a meeting and he was like man I'm I'm getting swamped right now let me give you a call back and he, here in just a minute uh, so when he finally called me back I was like all right look I mean you can tell me however much you want how little you want to tell me I know that that things are just kind of hectic and chaotic right now but just be real with me was this a you know what what led to this decision was it a you know was it because he you felt like he was getting recruited over was it because Cal's you know, reaching out to all these transfers and you felt like, you know, he didn't really have a, 
uh, a path to a starting role at Kentucky next year? You know, what, what kind of led to this decision? And he was about as open and honest about the last year or so with me that, that I could possibly ask for. I mean, he was just kind of super vulnerable and was like, look, I got to be totally honest. Um, we sent him to Wasatch Academy in Mount Pleasant, Utah, which kind of in the middle, you know, he wouldn't say this, but it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's not, you know, a high profile city where there's, you know, a bunch of stuff to do and all that. Uh, you know, they, they made the decision to send him there as a good, a good basketball opportunity for him, something that they were very excited about when they signed on to do it. And then the COVID stuff happened and that he basically said that it turned into a, nonstop locked in his dorm room lockdown. I mean, he was, he literally stayed in his, his dorm, wasn't allowed to see, you know, students, classmates, uh, not able to go out and see friends. I mean, he said that it was literally him in his dorm room every day of the week, or, you know, basically five days a week during the week. And then on the weekends when they travel to, to basketball tournaments, they would travel under very strict, you know, COVID protocols, they would quarantine in the hotel rooms. They weren't allowed to go out and get dinner. They weren't allowed to do anything. And they would go play basketball. They would go back to the hotel. They'd go back to, you know, they'd fly back to, to school and it would basically reset the week. He'd go back and, and sit in quarantine and wasn't able to leave. I mean, it, it was like, it ended up being a, a modern day jail almost. And I thought that was kind of like a, whoa, that's a, a pretty telling quote. And he said that just this past week after a full year, um, you know, a full year of that, he just got home this past week. You know, he's, he's coming home from mother's day. He was scheduled to leave at the end of May uh, move-in day at Kentucky is June 1st that the, the coaches have decided that June 1st is the move-in and he, they were going to move in that last week of May to kind of get you know they've never been to Lexington before uh, so they were going to kind of just get a feel for the area go go out on the town and just kind of just go exploring a little bit and so I mean we're talking about one month from the day he was supposed to be in Lexington for the very first time and he said this week, he kind of just approached his dad, you know, his dad was like, Hey man, I know you're kind of struggling with this. I'll move down to Lexington with you. Uh, you know, we, I, I can be close. I can be at close reach if you need me, but you know, physically, mentally, whatever, you know, I know FaceTime doesn't do, do the trick. So I'll, I'll be there for you if you need me to be there. And he said that Nolan approached him and said, I, dad, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can, you know, I, I just spent the last year of my life, several hundred miles away from you, a thousand miles away from you uh, at, you know, in Utah where I'm, I'm, you know, was basically on lockdown for the full year. I'm not comfortable flying, you know, being 2,500 miles away from you and my family and my friends and the people that are closest to me. I'm not comfortable doing that right now after basically wasting a year of my life in, in quarantine and lockdown and kind of starting a brand new lockdown, you know, I, they don't know what the COVID protocols and procedures are going to be at UK when things start up. But, you know, considering how, how difficult it was last year, uh, you know, I, I'm sure UK is just not going to throw it all away and say, screw it. We're starting from ground one, you know, square one, you know, no COVID. We're just going to move forward. Like it doesn't exist. You, they just didn't know. And he was like, I, I just don't feel comfortable being in that position exactly a month from now I think it just everything kind of happened so quickly and he was like I just need to take a step back and I think they they put their heads together as a family and said I I think we just gotta we just gotta reevaluate our options and I think the the Tony Barbie thing was a very realistic a very 
real issue for them when he decided to leave. Joel Justice, he, that was his number two recruiter. So he felt like he was going to be going to a place that he didn't know anybody he wasn't comfortable with. He wasn't friends with any of the, you know, other it's, – it's all upperclassmen, guys that they're bringing back, got, you know, incoming transfers. It just wasn't – it just wasn't what he thought it was going to be when, when he decided to sign on with the program. So, Sean – I, I understand a lot of the fan gripes about how it unfolded. Like, oh, he's soft. He's not ready to, you know, he just doesn't want to compete and practice. He doesn't both. But, Sean, it, it was very clear that there was a lot more going on with this than the public kind of understood to begin with. And something that I, more than I understood to start with as well. And I thought after talking to his dad and learning the specifics of all of it, that it was – it was a decision that I, I am completely understanding why they decided to go the, the route that they did. Yeah, I get it. And, I, you know, I get the fans, too. Obviously, I mean, Kentucky fans, you could say are in a vulnerable spot right now coming off of the season that they've had and not in 16 years, no point guard on the roster. Uh, I just think that, I mean, obviously, it leaves Kentucky in a bad spot. I understand that. You would rather this happen now and him get to Kentucky and let's say look up in December and then he leaves the roster due to, you know, being homesick or wanting to get closer to home. So this, I mean, it's a blessing that it happens now and it doesn't happen six or seven months from now. Mm -hmm. But it, it leaves Kentucky in a spot, Jack, a spot that we've never seen Kentucky in before uh, when it comes to, I mean, look, let's face it. Like, you know, Devin Askew was the last point guard that ended up being a failure. And now you're looking at this situation and there's no clear cut guy that you're looking at saying that can come in and kind of lead this thing as it stands. We don't know where Kentucky stands with transfers. Uh, names that are not in the portal yet. It's definitely, I said yesterday that I wouldn't panic yet. And, I, and I'm not ready to because I want to give it two weeks before I really start to just hit a panic button because I want to see what happens. Do some of these names remain in the NBA draft? Uh, is the transfer that there may be in on go elsewhere. What happens with Tata Washington? There, there are still those options out there, but John Calipari needs to get this staff in place. The sooner, the better, get something official, get it announced because there's a lot of work to be done. There was already a lot of work to be done, Jack, but there is more work to be done now than there ever was because instead of just trying to go get one point guard, you're going to have to go get two. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's another thing to add in is, I asked him, I asked straight up, I was like, did you catch wind that Davion, I was like, this can be off record, this can, you know, and if he had told me that there was something there, I obviously wouldn't, you know, be be going public with it, but he was like, I was like, you know, did you catch wind that Davion Mintz is coming back, or did you catch wind that uh, UK was adding a Marcus Carr, or a, you know, a, a, another high-level point guard, Xavier Wheeler, or, a, you know, a Zagorowski from Creighton, did you catch wind that he was coming, or a Scotty Pippen Jr., whatever, was there somebody that you you were now operating under the assumption was coming to Kentucky, maybe two guys that were coming, and you felt like you were being pushed out, or that there was something indicating that, yes, this is not going to be the role that that we kind of anticipated we're going to need to look at our other options. Was that any, uh, you know, anything of the sort? And he was like, dude, I'm going to be totally honest. We were the ones that approached coach Cal and said, you know, this is what's the, the reality of the situation. This is, um, you know, kind of what we're dealing with. We, this has been on our minds since, 
you know, it kind of became a reality the last week since he got home, but it's something that we kind of have been a little hesitant about with the coaching changes just because we were so close to Tony Barbie and, and Joel Justice, and now both of our go-to guys are no longer on campus. We don't really feel like we have that go-to coach anymore. Uh, you know, Coach Cal's always there, but it's different. To, to The two guys that recruited him to Kentucky – are no longer there. So he, they were like, we were missing that aspect of it. So we approached Cal uh, about it all. He was like, we haven't heard anything about Davion Mintz coming back. The latest we know is that he's still going back and forth with that. So, you know, that, that's still up in the air. We weren't, you know, we didn't really care if he was coming back or, 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 or leaving. We were comfortable if, if he decided to come back and be on the roster. That wasn't a, a part of it. He was like, no, I mean, I know that they've reached out to as many as eight different guys and they're, you know, constantly kind of on the prowl looking for, a, you know, another piece or two. But we certainly didn't catch wind that they, you know, UK, like he was like, there's no commitment coming or there's not something, you know, under the table or in the works. Like there's not this big dream scenario that Cal kind of approached him and said, look, we got Marcus Carr and Xavier Wheeler ready to commit tomorrow. Uh, you know, are you in or are you out? And they said, that's kind of a little crowd of our liking. We're out. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't something as complicated as that. And I think a, a lot of fans, kind of just want to create this big conspiracy theory in their head like it was oh there's something that had to have caused this this is and and, I mean I I get that because it's the the panic aspect the emergency aspect of hey it's now May 1st and you want to think yeah you want to think Kentucky has a plan right like that's what you wanted to think that's what I think everyone instantly went to yesterday you know when I'm, I'm sure you saw the same comments put the story up on Facebook put it out on Twitter and you're going to get that feedback that, well, they're just running away from competition. Cal's got elite guards coming in. No, that's that's not the case. You know, you did some, you did that digging last night. And you did a really good job putting that story out. I thought it told everything very well, Jack. Um, Nolan Hickman quietly came to Kentucky. Well, not he didn't come to Kentucky. Never even been to campus. Yeah. Didn't get to do visits. Uh, so let's say he quietly committed to Kentucky, right? We didn't know anything about Nolan Hickman until about 12 hours before he had committed to Kentucky. As <laughs> quietly as that happened, yeah, he quietly decommitted from Kentucky. Like that was – how bizarre, right? It's just yeah. uh, a little eight that night, thing. That uh, night where it was just like – Hey, Kentucky's getting a commitment tomorrow. And it was like, oh, cool. Is it, you know, this guy? Is it Jaden Hardy? Is it, I'm just trying to think of the other big name guys at the time that UK was desperately going after and, and kind of associated with. And uh, they were like, uh, Nolan Hickman. No. I remember at the time we were like, <laughs> who the hell is Nolan Hickman? Nolan the, Hickman. The number 76 overall player in the rivals' rankings. And, and, you know, to his credit at the time, Everybody said this is the this is the next Shea Gildas Alexander. He's under he's the most underrated player in the class. Uh, you know, I promise you, he's going to end up being you know top five point guard in the class. Right now, he's top fifteen, top twenty point guard in the class. He will end up being top five, top three level point guard in the class. And to his credit, what did he end up being? He's a McDonald's All American, uh, you know, Iverson Classic, uh, you know, honoree, top twenty two. I think he's number twenty two in the in ESPN's latest rankings. A five star earned that five star status. I think he's the third or fourth best point guard in the class. So he's he ended up being exactly what Kentucky thought he was going to be. That was a home run evaluation on Kentucky's part because he he 
is that he went from the most underrated player in, in high school basketball to probably right around where he needs to be in that 22 to 30-ish range. It's, I think that's a very comfortable spot for him. So UK did, you know, hit the ball out of the, of the park in, in evaluation and recruiting him, bringing him, uh, you know, on board in terms of a signature, but in terms of getting him on campus and those sorts of things, now that he is not a part of it, it's very clear that UK is left scrambling. And Sean, I guess that leads us to this next, um, you know, kind of what we'll end the show with and kind of the home stretch of all this is what does come next? Because you do have to, you you do have to feel a little sense of of, of urgency and panic that UK needs some like we'll, we'll we'll talk about this. CJ Frederick is a guy that we are very comfortable in in the possibility of ending up at Kentucky. We heard you know some more yeah. solid things indicating that that might be a a realistic thing. Would the addition of CJ Frederick right now make the fan base go ah? exactly what we needed you know it, I don't think so they're they're looking for no. a point guard and and at the end of the day if CJ Frederick does ultimately decide to sign with Kentucky that'd be great he's a fantastic addition and we'll get into the ins and you know the x's and o's and ins and outs of that you know when when that day comes but for right now I think there is a desperation on Kentucky's side of things to add a point guard and it needs to be a home run Sean UK can't strike out at that position or add somebody that you know a reclass guy that would be like yeah but are we just gonna be in the same position that we were last year with Devin Askew we UK needs that guy to sign on and be a part of this program immediately I mean would Davion Mintz return make everybody feel a little you know a lot more warm and fuzzy on the inside about it I mean maybe but he's not a true point guard like I'm trying to think Sean what would be that guy that would make fans go all right we're we're okay at least in in the short term there's very clear we need another piece or two added to the fold but they need something very quickly I think yeah and I honestly don't know who that guy is I I really don't um is there is there a difference in panic and concern I think so right Sure. Like you can be concerned without totally panicking. So I'm not ready to panic yet, but am I concerned? Absolutely. I'm concerned because Kentucky's backcourt right now, as it stands, is Kellen Grady and Dante Allen. That's it. Going to get some some threes up. Yeah, but somebody's got to be able to (laughs) dribble the basketball and get the thing up the floor. But it's May 1st, Jack, and Kentucky has two backcourt pieces. I think that everyone thought – when Kentucky lost in the SEC tournament. I mean, obviously, Justin Powell was a name back then, and you've had these other names. I think everyone thought that John Calipari and his staff would work super fast, come back with a vengeance, and have it all in stone and everything. Yeah. That's not been the case. I mean, we've had coaching changes. It feels like – I know Cal – there's no way Cal is just moving at this slow pace. Obviously, the Terrence Clark tragedy – has definitely slowed things down. I mean, and rightfully so, right? When you're going through that, you're thinking about far more than your basketball roster. But now we're in a situation here where we know Joel Justice and Tony Barbie are gone. We know what's coming in. That kind of gets needs to get announced ASAP yes. because there needs to be a staff in place to kind of get, start getting this thing figured out because here we've been talking about them adding two pieces 
they're going to need a heck of a lot more than that. Yeah. I mean, you just lost the McDonald's All-American point guard. And here we recorded an episode yesterday that people aren't going to get to hear as it stands. And we were talking about how this roster is very close. And now it looks like if they don't get Tata Washington and Keon Brooks returns, you're talking about a Kentucky basketball roster that's not going to start a freshman next season, which is what fans have been. Fans have been talking about this, right? This class has two people in it. Fans have been wanting more experience. At the end of the day, this roster is going to have a ton of experience on it, but what the heck does it look like? Like right now, I have no idea what they do. Well, they have seven players on scholarship right now. Seven? Let's, let's we go through it. So two of them in the backcourt, right? And then Shebway, uh, Ware, uh, Toppin. Collins is five, Toppin, and then uh, Bryce Hopkins. Yeah, because Hopkins you can't factor seven. in Keon Brooks yet. You really can't factor in Keon Brooks until we know 100%. Yeah, we're comfortable but, with – I mean, it's, it, it, but it seems like now, if we're talking confidence and completeness, the front court to me is about 85 to 90% done. It's 100% done if Keon Brooks confirms that he's coming back. Right. I don't see them adding a front court piece. The back court right now, it feels like it's at 20% because <laughs> they're going to have to add – they don't have anyone right now that's a primary ball handler. So you're going to have to have two. Uh, and our reaction yesterday obviously was the same as everyone's. Maybe this means Davion Mintz is coming back, and maybe that's what happens now. Maybe he looks at this and sees uh, that he wants to come back. But Kentucky, Kentucky fans need something right now, Jack, that kind of gets them motivated that they think that next year is going to be better than this last year. And right now, I think Kentucky fans might be panicking more now than what they were when they were not in 16. <laughs> I mean, I can't disagree. And, and I will add that oh, I, I asked Nolan's dad, I said, did you get the sense of panic? I was like, okay, if, if that was the case that you approached them about this and, and uh, you, you know, they were kind of caught off guard by this decision, did you get the sense of panic or urgency on their end that, oh, crap, all right, have a nice day. We'll talk to you. Never. Uh, we got to get on the recruiting trail. Like, did you get that sense of panic or urgency from coach Cal? And he said, I mean, no, God, goodness. No, like it's, it's coach Cal. He said, if anything, he probably looks at this situation and says, uh, you know, there were some guys out there right now that, you know, because Cal, I think behind the scenes, he always told Nolan all of the right things said we are comfortable with you being the guy or one of two, you know, I think Cal's comfortable wanting to go back to the three guard lineup and he was being, he was going to be one of them. And I, I think behind the, behind the scenes, he was telling everybody like, yeah, we got this guy, Nolan, Nolan's this guy, you know, we're, we're confident in, in who he is as a player, but you know, I do, did some of these other high level transfers look at it and go, well, I already know they're all in on Marcus Carr. I already know they're all in on these other guys. I know they're recruiting Ty Ty Washington. Uh, you, you know, if they're all this, if they're set on Nolan Hickman, I can't be that third guy. And I know some of them are confident enough to say, forget a little, you know, fringe five-star freshman. I, you know, I'm a senior, I'm a grad transfer. I can come in and, and play over him. But Nolan's dad kind of got the sense that this would allow a lot of free reign for Cal to kind of not play kind of like that. He can play with house money now that he can go on the recruiting trail and go, look, if you, if you want the keys handed to you, you got the keys we don't, we we physically do not have a point guard on the roster right now. If you want it, come get it. 
you you know ball roll the ball out you you are our guy if you want to be that guy and I think that that kind of might not be the best thing for you know either side or what fans want to hear right now but as as much as it sucks to not have a point guard signed on for next season and how I mean there's nothing good that comes out of that if you're looking for some type of bright light to look at to, to look at this it's that Callum now has the flexibility to sign whoever he wants, whenever he wants, with kind of a, a sense of urgency. Like we we gotta we gotta get something. Right. He yeah. he now has the flexibility to add whoever he wants, and that could be something that's appealing for, um, you know, appealing for a, a potential transfer. It, it needs to get it done. I mean, that's the thing. Um, but this situation, I I don't this situation could have been worse. Like this could have happened. Like, let's say that this happened three weeks from now and Tata Washington's off the board or a transfer, another transfer is off the board. Then you're, you're sitting here looking like, what are we going to do now? Because at least it happened yesterday. At least there's still names out there, transfer portal and all this stuff that you can kind of look at. But I'm just, I'm very curious to see how long that this goes on, you know, on our episode that didn't get published, uh, we keep referencing, which I think was a really good episode, by the way. And it's a I shame. I thought it was one of our damn best episodes. It, oh, it was. It drives me nuts. Obviously, we had to press pause because it's not – the news that dropped yesterday wasn't the news that we expected to drop. And we'll get to that at some point. But when it comes to this roster, we've been talking about – and I went into that yesterday. I said, okay, when this goes out, I think there may be one move away from just about being done. Yeah, I could see now there's three guys going to be added to this backcourt because they have to be. You have to add three. Is Davion Mintz one of those three? And then two newcomers. Or do they feel like they need to add four, Jack? Because then that would get you to six perimeter players. Uh, I still think that this roster needs to get to 12 scholarship players on it. I don't think you need to go into next year with 11 scholarship guys. Fill it out. Go to 12 at least. Uh, six in six in the backcourt, six front court pieces, and you got Keon. And top in there who can play the three, play the four. Uh, where does Kentucky go right now, though? Like, we, we keep saying, like, is there a guy that's in the draft? Is it a Zach Garowski that's from Creighton that's in the draft right now? Or is it a Marcus Carr from Minnesota that's, that's, you know, looking at the draft? Did those guys, now that there's no point guards on the roster, does one of those guys say, look, I see a clear path now to me being a primary ball handler in a backcourt at a Blue Blood program? Does someone like that say, hey, okay, I'm going to go ahead and pull my name out of the draft get my spot, or is it a Tata Washington, who we're going to see here in a few days at the Iverson Classic? That Our intrigue in that situation has obviously gone through the roof, especially with this. Where does Kentucky go right now? I mean, you're talking May 1st, and Kentucky has two basketball signings in its class. Uh, Kellen Grady, obviously, recent, but that's been over a month ago now. Something positive needs to happen. You're obviously going to get a positive push whenever Orlando Antigua is announced that he's coming back. I mean, we kind of, we know that that's coming at some point, uh, but it's not going to be enough to get fans all in on this thing getting turned around from nine and sixteen. There needs to be pieces to the puzzle in this basketball roster, and I, I'm sure John Calipari has a plan. I'm sure they're sitting there getting it figured out and like, okay, where do we go from here? But I do think that fans. I said it yesterday. I wouldn't panic yet. 
but I am I concerned? Absolutely. I'm concerned until I look at this final roster because, Jack, I'm starting to wonder, is it going to be late May? Is it going to be June? Is it going to be July when we can actually see what this full roster looks like? We might not know for a while. Yeah, absolutely. And I know, uh, you know, kind of sliding this in, there has been some kind of talk behind the scenes of a potential um, Jose Alvarado at, at Georgia Tech as a kind of a rumored guy. He's a New York guy. Uh, I think there are some connections there with – uh, with Coach O, it just something that has kind of surfaced a little bit in the aftermath of kind of like a trickle down effect of of Nolan's decision that that's kind of a, a new name to keep a close eye on. He's currently in the draft, hasn't even made it made his transfer intentions known, but that's something that I think uh, fans should probably keep a, a an eye on. But but yeah, I, I just I think we're now at the point where where we need some level of positive news. I don't know, you know, where that comes from. I, I, and it just kind of sucks that a guy like uh, like Marcus Carr, we're still months away from hearing his decision. A Zegarowski, who's who's hasn't even made his his transferred intentions clear yet. He's he's fully exploring the the NBA draft route. Scottie Pippen. There's rumblings that he might be interested in transferring, but he's looking at the draft route. And it's, it's just kind of one of those well, dude, stay patient and kind of waiting for three big fish in, in June or July. I mean, we're, we could be waiting till July 19th, Sean. That's the final withdrawal. And day. that's the other that's, thing about it, Jack. These, these, guys are, these guys are going to be coming to campus, this team is, in early June. And you're talking about guys – possibly into July not getting there by the time that happens you're, you're thinking late July early August we saw what that did this year missing out on that summertime in the weight room in that the nutrition and everything that they do at UK in the off season it, you're kind of I don't want to like I said I'm not ready to panic I, I want to give it a couple of weeks obviously we feel good about people off the basketball but now you you need players that can control the point and run the point because that was where Kentucky really struggled. In addition to lack of three-point shooting, it was that guy that could set the table and make things easy. Do I expect whoever Kentucky adds to be a significant upgrade from what they had last year? I do. Like all these names that we've talked about, I think it will be a big upgrade from what they had at point guard this past year. But they need somebody that's elite that can kind of, and I'm talking elite as in college basketball elite. I'm not talking about a guy that's going to go and be first round NBA draft pick next year. They just need someone that can kind of run the show, control the tempo, make things easier for people on offense, can get his own when needed, but then you get the ball to the Kellen Grady's, to the CJ Frederick if he ends up at Kentucky, Oscar Shibway in the post. And then I just, I think the more this stuff plays out this spring, getting Keon Brooks officially back on this UK roster is starting to feel like a must have because uh, I, you need Keon Brooks now with all these pieces kind of just unraveling here and not knowing exactly what they have. Uh, I think Keon Brooks would be a big addition to next year's Kentucky team. And obviously we've been hearing really good things about that. Uh, but I'm starting to think that that's a almost a priority at this point. Yeah. And I mean, I think another thing that and we touched on this in our, episode our lost episode that may never be uh, uncovered at least might need to go in and edit some things out because uh, we kind of discussed the possibility of Nolan but you know not extensively but he was he still it was a part of the of the discussion but I think something that that fans should keep in mind is you now have you know you have 
you have Kellen Grady on the on the wing. You have Dante Allen on the wing. And the possibility of adding a guy like CJ Frederick where you would have then have three high-level shooters at the wing positions, now you start wondering, okay, you can't really get picky at this point because you have no point guards. I mean, you can't. You need to be picky, and you still need to care about fit because then that's kind of where you start worrying about la- what happened last year where they kind of took, took on – numbers as opposed to quality and, and the right fit with the program you got to make sure that they're that the guys you add are are good fits but you also need to also consider that a guy like Xavier Wheeler who is at Georgia arguably the best playmaker in, in college basketball the you know the leading assist player in in the SEC number five in the nation I believe overall uh, and he, he led the SEC in assist to turnover ratio as well a guy like that who can't shoot worth a lick shot 22.5 percent from three and I think just barely grazed 40 percent overall from the field maybe like 38 percent you know shooting I mean not a not a great shooter in the slightest but a guy that you know is going to set the table for others a guy that can find a a Kellen Grady that can find a Dante Allen can find a a CJ Frederick on the wing for you you start thinking of those possibilities it almost you in the past you were kind of like oh we got to have a you got to have a shooter at the point guard position you can't have a another Isaiah Briscoe situation you can't have another Ashton Hagen situation you've got to have a shooter but if you think of the fit and and think of you know pushing the tempo pushing the pace the way that a guy like Xavier Wheeler would alongside a CJ Frederick and and uh, you know the the shooters that UK ha- adds in that's when you start becoming more accepting of a potential move like that and um so, yeah, I think that's kind of you, – you start getting a little bit more comfortable and, and uh, flexible with what, who UK can add. You can't get picky. You still got to go for the right fit. But you can you – can, if you want to take a chance on something like that, you don't have Nolan Hickman there taking up one of those spots. You can kind of take a risk like a guy like Xavier Wheeler if you want or a Marcus Carr who isn't the greatest shooter or whatever. However you want to do it, Cal now, Cal now has his options but he needs to make the best of it and quickly. If yeah. Possible. Well, you know, like you mentioned, Isaiah Briscoe, I, I think Isaiah Briscoe would have been a much better fit if he actually would have played point those two years. So, but I, that, that's where I don't think Kentucky's trending towards a bunch of guys on a roster that are just, just dead spots. Like you, you like Kellen Grady because he can shoot. You like Dante Allen because he can shoot. If they get Frederick for sure, that's another shooter. I'm not concerned about Kentucky shooting next year now because it's starting. I'm starting to see the bigger picture here. They just need a point guard that can go get his own and that can, with the spacing, it makes one of those guards better. They don't have to be a knockdown shooter, but just someone who can break someone down, get the ball by a defender's hip, get into the paint, maybe get his own or set someone else up for success. And that's what Kentucky's needing. Uh, they need more than one, though. I think they need two. Uh, not sure about how elite it's going to be. I mean, that's obviously the thing. When you're talking about this part of the season, this part in the off season, we're used to Kentucky having their roster early finished, Jack. It's usually yeah. we're waiting on that one guy like a Reed Travis or a Nate Sestina or somebody like that to kind of fill out the roster. This roster has a lot of holes in it right now that they need, and it's it's kind of weird how it's all in the backcourt. But – I'm sure John Calipari is going to get to work. There's going to be names out there. It's still Kentucky. Kentucky's still going to get good, talented players. But 
I think you'll agree with me here. 2022, John Calipari needs to get back to John Calipari and kill it on the recruiting trail with this coaching staff. Absolutely. And, you know, I think another thing to keep in mind is the spring semester is now ending on college campuses. Kids are going home. They're going to be closer to family. Uh, you, you know, as the, as the time keeps creeping on, you're going to see more guys enter the portal than even, you know, last year. It, it's not like the options that are currently out there right now. It's a done deal. That's all that that's left out there. So, you know, if Kentucky ends up with a Zegarowski and a Scotty Pippen Jr., then you can look at that, this and go, oh, hell yes, this roster is perfect. Like, what, you know, there's what else do we need to add? You found two standout guards. Add a Marcus Carr, add another, uh, see, uh, whoever you want to look at that, uh, you know, Georgia Tech transfer or guy that's in the NBA draft and, and ex- put, may potentially explore his, dra- his transfer options. You know, you can, you can set up a dynamic combo at the point guard position to make you go, oh, all right, yeah, I can work with this. This is this is good. This is going to be a really good position for us. You can you can find that perfect combo here in the near future, and I think that's what you're refu- what we're both referring to in terms of don't panic yet because there's still so much left out there that's not even on the table yet. You know, what I mean, think it, we were just now hearing. I, I think a year ago today was the first we ever heard of Olivier Saar entering the transfer portal. So, like that was a guy that that just then became available and he was committed just a couple days later. And, and at the time, you know, it didn't end up working out the way we thought, but, but those guys become available later and later as the, you know, they hear more from the draft people and, and just things become a lot more, more clear. I think it's not time to panic yet. There's still plenty of options out there, but I do think that it it is time for Cal to get some good news this direction and it might just be as simple as announcing coach O. I mean I think just hearing Orlando Antigua is back let's bring the swagger back I think that would do something to the fan base and make them go ah that's that's what we needed that makes me feel comfortable or uh you know even signing a free CJ Frederick maybe you know I, I don't think that would make everybody just forget that there's not a point guard on the roster but it's it's just a sign of of positivity and something to look forward to and and kind of just a let's get the ball rolling type mindset so I think that's where we are at this point it's it's time I think we need to hear we need to start hearing of some positive news and I think Cal understands that if you want to keep this momentum going with the program or get the momentum back after losing it this past season I think you got to start making moves rather quickly and I think that's uh, the the biggest theme here uh, as we wrap up this Nolan Hickman decommitment show is uh, no no reason to panic yet, but definitely a sign of urgency on Kentucky's part. Sean, I appreciate the well, heck out of you. What you go for it? Well, what I was going to say is, you know, there there's plenty of options out there, but Kentucky needs those options to become available options. Yeah, like like obviously, you know, Marcus Carr. And Zegs right now, it's not available because they're still looking at the draft. Or Scottie Pippen hasn't officially uh, done anything with the transfer portal. So truly, right now, Jack, who is it? It's it's Washington and it's Wheeler, right? Is that their options at point guard? As far as we know, as confirmed, that could possibly say, hey, tomorrow they're going to Kentucky. Well, I think Xavier will. I'm missing Wheeler, anyone? He's, he's he's exploring the draft as well. He he might be a he might commit. He might commit, but he's still exploring the draft. When I talk to him. So, like, Kentucky needs those options to become available options. 
And that's where, that's why I said I'm not panicking yet because obviously there's so many, there's so many pieces that still have to move. And that's why if those pieces move and they don't move to Kentucky, that's when I'm going to put two hands on the panic button and probably be like, okay, this could get really, really dicey here. But uh, I think I look for Kentucky to add a piece. Uh, We expected it to be an off the ball piece. So I'm assuming they'll add another off the ball piece before we get a point guard announced. But I'll tell you this, you better buckle up and, and lock yourself in because it's going to be a pretty wild and entertaining month of May, I think, because uh, Kentucky has a lot of work to do. John Calipari is going to earn every penny of that salary he's getting this year because uh, you can't tell me that he's sitting there today thinking, all right, everything's all good. He has work to do. The staff has work to do. And uh, I don't know. I'm starting to think that the best thing that could happen right now would for Davion Mintz to say he's coming back, Keon Brooks to say they're coming back, get some positive buzz, and then piece this thing out. Do you think Do you think uh, John Calipari is sitting there drinking a mint julep and watching the Derby right now? I don't. <laughs> I, I really I, don't. I think it's uh, – Maybe. I, yeah. It's, it's John Calipari. Cal's going to look all cool and collected to everyone, but the ones that know him best right now – I think there's a sense of urgency, which is good. Uh, but, it, it, I mean, we're navigating waters that we've never seen before. We're navigating the transfer portal. We're navigating the NBA draft in, the like, July, the, the deadline to withdraw in July, the transfer portal. I mean, it, you're losing deep commitments the last day of April. We've never seen anything like this. So, Kentucky's just in a different situation because of the turnover that happens in this program every single year. But – it's Kentucky. I, I fully expect John Calipari to have a team in place by late summer that we can sit here and look at and be like, okay, we, we feel we feel better about what they have at point guard because I do think it's going to be an upgrade from what they had. They've upgraded their shooting already. And with one more addition, I think they'll upgrade it even more. They're, I think the five-man has been updated in Sheebway. So this is going to be, to me, a better roster overall I want to wait and see what it is, though, and then we'll get into the how far can this team go. Is it Final Four caliber? Is it second weekend of the NCAA tournament caliber? Hell, right now I think Kentucky fans just want to get back to the damn thing. I mean, I've not played it in two years. (laughs) Very true. Very true. It's uh, I think you put it best when you said that uh, fans need to lock in and prepare for a very busy May because I think we're just getting started with very uh, big news on the coaching front in the signing front, the returning front with the players they already have locked in. It, it's going to be busy fans that were hoping or kind of expecting a, a, a not so busy summer and just being able to chill and take a step back and start opening up the pools and doing those sorts of things. I think uh, they're going to be in for a, a, a wild ride that they were not expecting going into it for sure. So Sean, I uh, appreciate you for joining me for said ride. It's going to be a, a, a fun time and we're going to stay on top of things and, and make sure that we get this show out there as news breaks. It's going to be a good time and I look forward to uh, staying updated with you and alongside you. <laughs> Let's just make sure we get this thing out there before something else derails it. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. All right. No, yeah. I've, I've, I enjoy it, Jack. It's, uh, it's different times. Obviously, in our time covering the University of Kentucky beat, these are new days. Everything is changing. The way that this roster is coming together is far different than anything that we've ever seen under John Calipari. It's far different than anything we've seen in college basketball. 
but it's going to be entertaining and uh hopefully you all listening will continue to follow this and we will be here to to get you through it hopefully make you feel better at some point but like i said if you you have the right to panic as a kentucky fan if you want to panic panic but I say just be concerned. I'll when I'll start panicking in a couple of weeks, and then I think that's when everybody can be like, "Okay, let's let's start panicking." Absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, we'll get the heck out of here, like you said, before any other news breaks and makes this podcast uh, worthless. We gotta get, we gotta get this up and uh, get get some downloads out of it before the next big piece of news drops. So, Sean, I appreciate you and uh, working fans find your work. Uh, you can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. You can find me on Twitter at JackPilgrimKSR. Reach out to me via email at JPilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time, hopefully very soon, with another Jam Pack Sources Say podcast. We will see you then. Yeah.